11, take three. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 111 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam. His name is Dave. Hello. And yes, that was the third take of the intro, because apparently I still haven't figured out how to do this yet. Yeah. You're not supposed to agree. No, Cam, I always agree. <laughs> that's, no, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, how are you? I'm well. Yeah. I just realized I screamed really loud. Sorry about your eardrums. Uh, you're doing good though. Yes. Yes. Yep. We survived Thanksgiving. We survived Thanksgiving, and we're here recording episode 111. Indeed. That has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. No. No, it's about judgment. Oh. Ouch. Mm. I don't know. Should we just dive in, or is there anything else you want to talk about? We plan these things out so far in advance. <laughs> We've only been down here for two hours talking about stuff, but mm, an hour and forty-five. An hour and forty-five minutes. Okay. Yeah, we talked about some real juicy stuff. Yes. Too bad we weren't recording. We probably should just hit record the minute we. I, I'm gonna have to do some serious editing if we do that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is probably true, and we'd probably end up missing something and get something out there that we don't want out there. So. Yeah. Well, we are in the Book of Romans now. We are in the Book of Romans. And, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I am I am more nervous about this than I ever was for anything in Matthew. I, I would say that's absolutely true. I don't know why. Like, I've read it before. I understand most of what's being said, I think. But just Romans has this, like... Like to me, Romans is like the big giant bouncer at a bar. Like of the Bible books, you don't screw with it. You know, you do what Romans says, and that's it. Which is silly because Matthew is full of Jesus and what Jesus said, and that's you know kind of like the bar, as it were, not the Mm -hmm. bouncer at the bar, but the actual bar. I can make words have more than one meaning. There was a a presidential election not that long ago where. The phrase je ne sais quoi was being thrown around. What the as French say is a certain I don't know what. A certain I don't know what, yes. So there's a je ne sais quoi. Uh, about the romance. About the romance. That, <laughs> uh, I'd like to buy an hamburger. Royale with cheese. <laughs> yeah, so there, but there is, there's a, there's a, a weight, a heftiness to, to Romans. And I know that many of the church fathers, the Giants of the faith that have gone before us. Uh, Romans is often one of those books that has caused them to have a deeper understanding of the gospel, a deeper understanding of, of grace, a deeper understanding of God's plan that the gospels don't even seem to have. And mm-hmm. so, well, wasn't it Romans that caused Luther to go on his whole life? That's my recollection. Reforming the entire church as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, slightly big shoes to, you know, follow. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to reform anything. But no, and nor do we put ourselves in that category. No, of course but not. Of course not. I think that's. Yeah, so I'm in agreement with you on the whole. It's uh, their reputation some... precedes it. Yes, absolutely. So I guess with um, that major caveat, um, <laughs> let's uh, go for it. We'll go for I mean, it. What, so, could, what could go wrong? I don't know. I'm, we're we're highly dependent on the Holy Spirit to do His thing. We're at Romans 2, verse 1, we're going to go through 11, and might even repeat some of this next time, but uh, we'll read through that and see where we get. So, you, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by perseverance and doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. 
There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Uh, what version of the Bible yes, are you reading? I, I knew you were going to call me on that. So I No, I'm just curious. I'm assuming so it's the NIV. It is the NIV. Okay. I, I'm reading from my phone. Um, and Which I had is the, totally I, fine. <laughs> no, 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 I know. And I had the NIV... Uh, pulled up, which uh, New International Version, uh, we normally read from the ESV. Which, which is, is the, the extra sexy version. <laughs> the English Standard <laughs> Version. Uh, although, I, I, yeah, maybe there are some differences there. Yeah, I mean, nothing nothing uh, crazy. Just word order and a few word order, different, yeah. different words. Like you said, unrepentant. Mine says impenitent. Uh, you know, so different words, but very, very, very similar meanings. So I just was curious. That's all. Yeah, no, and um, the one that, well, there was a couple things. Yes, you are correct, because I'd actually read this in the ESV, and as I, as soon as I started into it, I was like, this does not sound familiar, and sure enough, I was in the new international version, so. It's all good. It is all good. All right. So, so from here on out, I have switch back to the ESV. So, mm, well the bait and switch on the it listener. Is, it is a little bit of a bait and a switch. So, I hope there's more than one listener. I said <laughs> listeners. <laughs> that's how focused we are on you. There's only one. It's like Highlander. All right. Continuing with the bad jokes. All right. So, let's just talk about judgment in general before we get into this because <clears throat> how do I want to say this? Is so this is my question. Is judgment a bad thing? Are we allowed to judge other people? Well, this makes it seem like we're not. Hmm. And I have been under the impression, assumption, teaching, what, you know, whatever is appropriate here, uh, that we are not to judge non-Christians because they play by an entirely separate rule set. I would agree. It doesn't mean you it doesn't mean you let it slide or you let them trample on you, but like we don't hold non Christians to the same standards that we hold ourselves to because they don't believe that that rule set matters. So why should a non Christian act as a Christian is called to act? Right. And and I think Paul says that in other letters. It doesn't mean that God's not going to hold you accountable. Right, right. The ultimate judgment belongs to God, but it's not my job as a Christian to judge a non-Christian based on Christian standards. That's that's, ridiculous. Yes. So when, you know, the church is all out saying, like, homosexuality is wrong and they shouldn't be allowed to get married, it's like, well, people that aren't Christians don't believe that, so why should they act any different? Whether or not they're homosexual or not, or, or they're just of the opinion that, yeah, of course they should be allowed to be married. This is America. When we try and hold our Christian view over those that don't believe the Bible and don't believe that, you know, Jesus is who he said he is. Like, it's just ridiculous to me that we would expect non-Christians to act in a Christian way. Heck, it's even unrealistic for us to expect Christians to act in Christian ways sometimes because they don't always. So anyways, uh, back up a bit. My view on judgment based on and what I think I know is that we are not to judge non-Christians, but we are to judge fellow Christians. And I always thought that was legit. Mm-hmm. But here, uh, therefore you have no excuse, oh man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. And so on and so forth. So I think this is very interesting. Because mm-hmm. it says that I condemn myself, but I also know that Jesus has died to remove that condemnation and like there's there's a lot of moving parts here Mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm trying to yeah that that answer that question of is judgment a bad thing should or shouldn't we do it and uh this is already proving to be uh interesting to me so i'm gonna go real quick just first corinthians 5 12 for what have i to do with judging outsiders is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God purges those outside, purge the evil person from among you. So I'm glad you're good at that because there's no way I would have found that verse, but that's exactly <laughs> what I, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So I do think there is this element of, um, 
as Christians outside the church, that's God's business, not ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean we can't have uh, candid and honest conversations with people about what we believe and where we stand, but we can't really hold them to that standard until they choose to say, yes, I'm yeah, a follower of Christ. Absolutely. So in this, it says, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. And so, you know, um, to me, there is an element of uh, the whole, um, I'm pulling, or I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out the, the um, I have a plank in my own eye and you have a, what in your eye? A splinter a or splinter. a splinter. Okay, so, yeah. so. I think there's that element to it uh-huh. of why are you judging others when you do the very same thing? Um, but then I also think there's, there's just this element of, okay, you are calling yourself a Christian and you are choosing to follow Christ and yet you do X. And I think there is kind of an element of, okay, I'm calling you on your sin because I see you doing this. And God goes, well, you're going to be held by the same standard. And in that that particular thing, I'm like, okay, that's fine because I I know I don't do that. I know I don't know all sins the same. Well, oh man, now that's a whole other. <laughs> so I we're not going to get past first, the first verse. That's fine. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> that means we actually have you know something important to to discuss. Yeah, all sin is the same in the fact that it falls short of God's perfection all sin is not the same in the sense that in execution it's different right so sin is not the same in that i struggle with different sins than say my wife does in god's eyes it's still sin it's still short of his imperfection Mm -hmm. but you know sinning uh as far as lust is different than sinning as far as gossip in the sense that they are two different muscles or two different weaknesses mm-hmm. in a personality, right? You can you could struggle with both, mm-hmm. or you could only struggle with one. And so in that sense, it's different between me and another person because we each have our unique struggle with it, but God sees it and God sees it as, yeah, you need Jesus. I can't be with you until and so that's I'm I'm differentiating it not in a um degree or level yeah, in a degree of what's worse but in a degree of how it affects a person it is different it is different uh killing someone like murder Mm -hmm. which is a sin Mm -hmm. and also not something you should really you know experiment with right has a greater effect on you i would imagine i haven't done it don't plan to than say cheating on a math test Mm -hmm. which is morally wrong both of them are. Yes. But I would imagine that psychologically and emotionally, murdering a person would weigh heavier on you and cause greater trauma than cheating on a math test, even though both in the eyes of God are sin. Right. And we would say murder is way worse. God's like, mm, sin, sin. Don't enjoy either. Right? Right. But I would imagine that in our daily experience, they are different based right. on how they affect you. Yep. And I think that's a fair, they're they are different in personal effect, maybe, but not different in the eyes of God. Yeah. And I think that's still biblically sound to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know for me personally, one of the things that I'm discovering is why do I have a particular sin that I have in my life? And um, for me... I find that it's um the underlying deal is is I'm trying to make myself comfortable. I'm trying to make myself happy, and I'm I'm choosing for whatever that thing is to not be God. So whether it be, um, you know, it, 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 we've talked about this before that something can be good, but if it's we're choosing it over God, then it can become a, then it can become a sin, and so. Um, I find for me personally, a lot of things in my life that I would consider sin are things that I do to make myself feel better. It's like when I start talking poorly about somebody else to another person, 
I'm genuinely doing it because it makes me feel better about myself or it makes me feel good when I'm, when I'm lusting, I do it because I, it, you know, it does something in me to make me, you know, happy or, uh, to feel better, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, and I'm choosing creation over the creator, um, to fulfill that need. And so, um, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been personally trying to kind of look at my the sin in my own life and go, why do I do what I do? And I find that the common theme is, is, well, I like the way it makes me feel when I do it. So yeah, I'm a hedonist, I guess, at my base level. I think we all are. Yeah, I think we are. John Piper would like us to be Christian, Christian hedonist. <laughs> because ultimately, that's what's going to make us feel the best, is choosing. You know, if you really want to be a hedonist, you choose God every time. But anyway, tangent, sorry. Yeah, this whole like self-condemnation thing is very interesting, because I don't know how often we realize we do it. That is definitely true. Because I feel like if we knew that, we would do it less, but how quick are we to jump on, you know, the old judgment bandwagon? And I think judgment looks different, um, depending on the circuit. I think a lot of times gossip is judgment, you know? Like, oh my gosh, have you heard what so-and-so did? And you're judging them for having an affair or mm-hmm. whatever, wearing white after Labor Day, you know, which apparently you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. All these rules is too hard to keep up. Um, the 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 idea of self condemnation is very interesting because if 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 my memory serves correctly, later on in Romans we're going to read, and this is not the new uh, ESV. Um, I don't know what translation is, but there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's a song that I remember from when I was a kid. There is therefore. I'm not going to sing it anymore because <laughs> I don't know why I went all deep voice on you there. Um, but yeah, so later on in Romans, we're going to see the part where it says there is no condemnation for those who, are in, those who are in Christ Jesus. But here, it's saying that we are condemning ourselves if we judge because we're guilty of the same thing. And so I got maybe to beat a dead horse here, um, which I've never actually done in real life, but in conversations, I feel like I do it all the time. Uh, what's, what's the difference there? Because Paul doesn't want us to judge here other people because we are, I mean, unless I'm totally reading this wrong, which is very much a possibility. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So maybe he's not even speaking to Christians here. Hmm. Because if I am a Christian, I know of God's kindness and patience and knowing, and I know that he wants me to repent, right? So, like, is he just casting a wide net here to try and be contrarian to, you know, what they may think about, you know, judging? I'm not sure. Because that, to me, if he's if he's not specifically speaking to Christians, that would allow this and what you read in 1 Corinthians, was it? Yeah, 5 to, 12. To coexist perfectly. I, I mean, I'm just totally spitballing here. Um. So as I'm as I'm sitting here and we're talking, I I have sort of had this sense of it's a condition of the heart, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to even explain that adequately. But I think there is an element. Well, I'll just I'll speak for me what I do when I'm judging others, kind of in this here where it says where he's talking about I'm bringing condemnation on myself, which. This is incredibly convicting as we're, <laughs> even as we're discussing this, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, when I judge others, it kind of goes back to the, what's the motivation for my sin of, I, I have neither their benefit or God's glorification at heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to point out what they are doing wrong <laughs> and be like, shame, shame. Mm-hmm. You're so bad. You're such a... And then if I really take a step back, I go, oh, wow, I do the exact same thing. 
There are, however, in times in my life, and they are few and far between, when I can genuinely say, that's not of God, you need to stop what you're doing, and I can genuinely say, the motivation behind that is because you are not glorifying God, nor are you doing anything to draw yourself closer to God. And um, so I, I guess there's just this, and I, I don't know that I'm articulating it, but I think there are moments when we can genuinely judge and say, you are not doing what God would have you do or want you to do, and our motivation for that is his glory and a redirection of that person's walk to draw them closer to God versus I'm just being a gossip. I'm just being a jerk. I'm just talking about somebody because I can. And I think maybe those are the two, those are the two differences in terms of um, it's a condition of our heart and what our motivation is for why we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that leads uh, right into verse five. It says, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And it goes back to us talking about Pharaoh's heart last mm-hmm. episode and being hardened and doing really dumb stuff that just compounded upon itself until Pharaoh's army did the dead man float. <laughs> yes. So yeah, very much it's a matter of, of the heart and, you know, as you said, what your end goal is to feel better about yourself, to make someone else look bad, to bring glory to God, to bring yourself closer to God, um, is, is very much a matter of the heart. And I just, I find it just very interesting how often we don't think of judgment that way. Like I think of judgment as like being rude, not as like an indicator of like my heart going to the dark side. Yeah. You know, like, it's not that serious. We're just having fun. It's all, you know, for, well, I can't think of how to say that phrase without cussing. <laughs> Blanks and giggles. We'll call it that. Yeah. But it's not that innocent. It's much more deep rooted than that. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of the sin in my life is because I think of it as lighthearted or not really that serious. Oh, definitely. And like if you actually sit down and reacquaint yourself with what the Bible says about it, it's very much not lighthearted. It's very much a deep-seated, very serious issue. Like Jesus, or sorry, God doesn't send Jesus to die because your sin is like, ha, 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 that's funny, isn't that kind of cute? Like you don't go to such drastic measures to fix a problem if it's, laughable or if it's lighthearted or if it really isn't that big of a deal guys i've got it under control seriously Mm -hmm. like you don't send your own son to sacrifice himself unless that's your only option because the situation has gotten so bad and so out of control and so insane that the only option i have left to save the people that don't even want to be saved is to do this crazy thing yeah, And the amount of time I spend doing or thinking of my sin in that way is terrifyingly low. Mm-hmm. I tend to think, I'm a good person. I've got a few quirks. Not even problems, just quirks. It's the, like the, the self-awareness uh, and self-perception is so screwed up. When it comes to that, for me, that I don't even think about being judged because, you know, oh, Jesus has got me. I'm good. And so, you know, here uh, Paul says, uh, you know, um, do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But in, in another place that you might know, I can't think of it off the top of my head, it's like, and it might even be in Romans later, is like, you know, do we continue to sin because of God's grace? Like, absolutely not. We stop sinning because of God's grace. The grace doesn't exist for you to keep doing the same stupid crap over and over again. The grace exists for you to go, holy cow, there's a way out. And it's amazing. And it should have that arresting effect on you. But oftentimes, in my experience, it has the, oh, free pass, kid, here you go. Yeah. 
which is the exact opposite reaction I should have, which means I don't think I fully, I don't think I know I don't fully grasp the weight and evil of my sin, nor do I fully grasp the grace and amazement of God's salvation for me. I'm somewhere in the middle where both are kind of okay. Which is, when you say it out loud, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I feel I'm not the only person like that. No, I I completely agree with you on that because, yeah, it it is incredibly convicting when I do spend the time in the word and what he says, uh, because I do exactly what you say. Uh, I guess the, the, the word that I use is I kind of just minimize mm-hmm. my sin. Uh, I tell a lie here and there. I say things that aren't very nice about people. I lust. I, you know, and, and, and if I compare that to the rest of the world, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm pretty good. You know, most people would laugh that I even consider those things to be but if i really think about the significance and and who god is and what it means to pursue holiness and and who he is i am nothing but incredibly dependent on his grace on so many levels so yeah um the verse that you're referring to is in romans 6 see it's all in so, romans yeah so okay so I think it is. And I'm going to I'm going to ask a question here and it's it's not rhetorical but I don't expect you to have an answer. Okay. Um and if you have one great, but I just don't want you to feel like you're being <laughs> I have to. <laughs> yeah. How do we go from a place where we see we minimize our sin or we don't think our sin is so bad and we don't think that salvation is so great to a place where we realize the depth of our sin and the depth of God's grace for us. Um, Tim Keller has a quote that he says, I see a lot and I'm going to paraphrase it something along the lines of, and again, this is a rough paraphrase, but you are more of a sinner than you could ever dream or imagine. And God is more of a savior or your God loves you more. Mm -hmm. Something along the lines of, you don't understand the true depth of your sin, but you also don't understand the true depth of God's love for you and his willingness mm-hmm. to save you from that sin, which I think is like, as I was saying it, that quote was coming and I'm super mad because I can't remember because that's really good. The way that he phrases it, it'll uh, be in the show notes. It, well, I hope so. <laughs> Future cam come through with that. Um, but yeah, how do we go from a place where we don't under, we don't have a full understanding of our sin or God's, you know, salvation for us to a place where we can feel the depth and the weight of our sin, but also feel the release of, of God's salvation through Jesus. Because I've been doing this for a while and I still find myself in the middle of just like, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, it's a really easy question for you, Dave. No, I, yeah, I, I think there's, there's two pieces to this. Um, and it's one of the things that we come back to time and time again is, is, is the scripture. I I think all of us could probably spend more time, uh, seeking God in his word more than we do. You know, I know, I know the idea of having a daily quiet time or daily time with God is, is the word I'm thinking is cliche. So um, 1990s. So 1990s. And truly, I think regardless of who you are and where you are, in your walk, the next step is just more, more Jesus, more of the word more. So I don't think you ever reach the point where it's like, ah, I've arrived and I've, I've done, uh, because I don't even think it's about doing things. I just, I just don't think we can get enough of God and enough of just being in his presence and with him and hearing of him and allowing him, uh, to convict us of our sin. But I also think Implicit in that is, I just don't think we get enough of seeing how much we're forgiven. The second piece, and this is maybe more my answer, is I just wonder. I wonder, and I, and this is truly just a. This has been on me for a while now. Of, I just don't know how many of us experience 
and again, I feel like I'm using cliches. I'm using, I just don't know. Are we, are we really experiencing the community that God intends us to experience as Christians where we genuinely are going, I messed up I, and I'm going to, I'm going to use, you see, are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? I don't know that we I'll do bleep that. it out. It's all right. <laughs> you can bleep it out. <laughs> well, I, I, I think there's this, this lie that we all have about this false person of having our, you know, having it together is, 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 is what we like. I feel like I even do this. I feel like it's this, I know what I'm doing, you know? And the reality yeah. is, is I don't, mm-hmm. no one does. And, and I am, I am a sinner and I am broken and I need to be known by another Christian in my brokenness. Like mm-hmm. I need to be willing to go to you. But I don't think we do that. No, and that's not what most people's church experiences. Unfortunately, most people's church experiences pretend like you got your it together. Yeah. Look nice, say the right things, raise your hand during worship, take notes during the sermon, and then go home and go, "All right, I guess we just do it again this week." And yeah, because like the secret to adulthood that I found out, no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> We're all just trying to figure it out as we go. Yeah, and if we have good parents or good older friends, they might help us get a few steps ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we're all trying to figure it out as we go while raising children. Yeah, man, when I found that out, I was just like, <laughs> oh man, I've been hoodwinked. Yeah, and I think it just goes. I think it goes back to the quote that you were talking about from. Keller is is this idea of I I just think we are truly forgiven and loved on a level that we just don't even begin to comprehend. Well, it, and here's my question about that is is do we even want to comprehend that level of forgiveness? Because I think and and I'm speaking personally about me is like if I'm forgiven on such that deep level like that fundamentally changes you, right? Um, but if you're, if you don't see that forgiveness as being so all encompassing, then that makes your, uh, you know, um, bad stuff, not so bad. Right. Well, I'm only forgiven this much, but like, if I'm truly forgiven for everything, like that's like gravity changing Mm -hmm. on a person. And so I wonder if it's like a twofold problem here. We don't really think the problem's that bad. Because we're in denial, mm-hmm. but we also don't think the forgiveness is that great because we don't want it to be. Because that means that we really do need a savior. That means that we really are broken. That means that we really do have a problem, and that means that I really do need, it does need to be fixed. And so I wonder if the the minimalization that you talked about earlier is a self defense mechanism that we wrongly implement on this sort of stuff that causes us. It traps us in this, for you know, lack of a better term, like suburban uh, homogenous lifestyle where everything is just okay. We have mm-hmm. nice things. We're happy in air quotes. We say the right things, but inside we're like, "What the crap is this? All there is to life?" Because we are either too afraid to acknowledge our bad side, or we're scared to death by the amount of forgiveness that God had to go through or what God had to go through to afford that level of forgiveness to us. We don't want to admit that we're that broken on either side of the spectrum. So we minimize it as a self-defense mechanism to say, no, I'm good. And how unhealthy is that? I mean, that's insane if you think about it, but I feel like, and you know, I'm, I often go to generalizations, which I realize is stupid, but like, I feel like that's a boat a lot of us could sit in. Oh, yes. You know? Um, yep. And this is all like, I'm just, again, I'm just spitballing here because my brain is like going a million miles an hour right now. But yeah, how much, how much of the, of the not acknowledging the true depth of the forgiveness that God has for us is some screwed up version of self-defense? Because like you said, you want to be known by a fellow Christian. And I think like romantically, yeah, that sounds great. Oh yeah. You know, in theory, but like in practice, it's like, oh, but they're going to find this out and that out. And I just want to shake their hand and say, Hey, haven't seen you in a week. How are the kids? You know? Oh, wasn't the worship great today? And 
like, you know, me and you aren't afraid to to rag on the church, but like how much of that is just on us? You know, I'm refreshed when I walk up to a person in church and say, how are you? And they're like, actually pretty crappy. And here's why. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, someone who actually gave me an honest answer. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go give a fake answer to everybody else. But do you get where I'm trying to? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel I, like I yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that's coming to my mind is clearly we all need and again, it's just funny because like these words that come to my mind feel cliche and things I've used over and over again. But I, community is the word that comes to my mind. We all need to find community that is more intimate than what you get at a church on a Sunday morning. And we need those relationships where we can be, because I don't think we can do it with everybody. And I don't think it is a when you see somebody on a Sunday morning, do we give everybody our full, uh, this is who I am and this is where I'm at. So be a fun experiment. But... It would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> How are you? Well, since you asked, uh, I'm feeling like crap. You know, if we started answering everybody that way, um, Watch their eyeballs just glaze over. Yeah. So I think we, we, we all need that community, that place, those relationships where we can be authentic about who we are. Uh, confess our sins to one another. Uh, I, I do believe that's one of the things that as evangelical Christians, as Protestants, however you want to label it, I don't think we're very good at. I don't think we're very good at confession. That's uh, a Catholic thing, Dave. We don't do that. No, but I think it's also a Bible thing that Jesus says we should you know, do. I I have been, there's a Catholic church not far from my home, mm-hmm. or cathedral, whatever. Um. I don't consider it a cathedral because it's not made out of stone. <laughs> Technicality. But like, I have been, even even today, tempted to just go there and talk to the priest. Father Joe? Yeah, Father Joe. Just to shake things up a bit and see. And I never pulled the trigger because, I don't know, in the movies and the TV shows, they're always just hanging around the church because apparently the priests have no nothing else to do. <laughs> They're always like, you walk in, boom, oh, there's the priest sweeping the sanctuary. I don't know. Maybe that's accurate. Yeah. Not Catholic. Don't know. Um, I'm like, there's been multiple times where I'm like tempted just to go to the Catholic church and just talk to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, there's, I've even done some research. There's a, uh, there's a monastery like within two hours. And I, I have been tempted to just go spend like a weekend there. And it's like one you can't talk at. Like, Conception Abbey is what you're talking about, I think. Yeah. I've no, done that. No cell phones. I'm like. I've done that. It just is Just as like a total reset. <laughs> what? It is weird. Yeah, but just like a total reset. Yeah. You know, and I made a deal with myself a while ago that one weekend a year I would go there, and it's been like four years and I've never gone. All right. Well, maybe we have to look into that. <laughs> uh, well, don't take this the wrong way, but I want to go by myself. Oh, no, no, no. That's yeah. what I'm. I, no, no, no. Exactly. But that's. Just yeah. as like a total reset, and I mean, and I think the appeal to me of talking, of, or of the, the idea of talking to Father Joe is like, I know I'm not Catholic, I don't go to his church, but there is something appealing to me, terrifying, but appealing to me of walking up to a stranger and just going, here's all my garbage. <laughs> yeah. Like that's got to be cathartic, and knowing that he's not going to tell anybody, right? And knowing that part of his job is to hear all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just something in my mind that's appealing. Of like, I can just go tell this complete stranger all of my deepest, darkest garbage, and walk away, and know, okay, now. But why can't I do that with my friends? Because that to me would be even more impactful. Because there's an ongoing conversation. There's, you know, established trust and respect and love. But how often do you get to have those conversations? You know what I mean? And not feel like you're being judged and not feel like you've just graduated to the worst person in the world in their <laughs> eyes. Yeah. You know, like what is that about? And is that just my insecurity? Is it, uh, a shallowness in a relationship, like I don't know. 
I didn't expect to go here in this conversation. No, but. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't either. But again, it. I think this is a authenticity, being authentic, being vulnerable, um, is a big part of what we need to do. And based on my experience, my observation, I don't think it's happening. For vast majority of us, it's we mm-hmm. don't want to admit that kind of stuff so (laughs) well well we knew romans was going to be heavy and weighty and (laughs) convicting yes there will be tribulation and distress every human being who does evil (laughs) the jews and the gentiles or the greek as it says here but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good now before we close there were two verses that uh, really stuck out to me as you were reading earlier, mm-hmm. verses six and seven. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by patience and well-doing uh, seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. So I lied, six, seven, and eight. I need to read that every morning. Mm-hmm. Not even being sarcastic. Like, he will render to each one according to his works. We read in James, you know, about good works and, you know, showing someone whose religion is true, right? And to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. Now, when I think of someone who's thinking of glory and honor and immortality, I think of like, you know, like the movie The 300 and like, <laughs> you know, dying and glory on the battlefield. But what I think, what, what I'm pretty sure is referring to is like the glory and honor of God and the immortality that comes with being one of his children. Like those are good things to aspire to, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a selfish glory or a selfish honor. It's a, I want to bring the glory of God here. I want to show God honor. I want to enjoy his presence forever. Mm-hmm. Part of the Westminster Catechism, right? <laughs> to love God and enjoy his, his, his presence forever. And like, man, that's like, that pumps you up, you know? But, you know, for those that don't want that awesome stuff, here's what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really, I don't remember reading that before. Mm. And so when you read it, it like really stuck out to me. It's like, man, that is memorable. That is effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? So I don't know why I don't remember ever reading that before, because I know I have. Um, but yeah, six, seven, and eight of chapter two really did stick out to me. And I just wanted to mention that before we shut her down. Yeah. And you know, I, one of the things I guess I'm, and and I'm not that old, I'm almost 47. I've definitely lived more of my, I'm don't anticipate living to be 94, but I'm guessing I've lived more of my life than I, than I'm I'm, I'm beyond the halfway weird to think about. So, but I, I, I guess one of the things that as I get older and even as, you know, we, we refer to Dallas Willard many times in this podcast and, um, in particular, a recording that he did with, uh, John Ortberg, uh, I think it's something about living in the presence, living in Christ's presence, living in Christ's presence. Um, I, I think one of the rewards the benefits the outcomes of living a longer life is that i just don't think you can fake this christian thing for 50 60 70 years and i think as you get closer to the end which again i'm not saying i'm anywhere near the end but i think i'm in the second half um you're not going to still be trying to achieve this stuff in terms of the doing piece that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're still going to be striving for it at 50, 60, 70, whatever, if it's not legitimately who you are. I think it's easier to do when you're a teenager in your twenties and maybe even your thirties. And I think as you go longer into life, you start going, yeah, this is something I believe. This is something I'll hold dear. This is something I, I know to be true. Because if it wasn't, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. 
So um, that's one of the things, I guess, for me when I hear things like perseverance and patience and, you know, being obedient. And for me, of just like, yeah, I know I'm a sinner and I know I screwed up time and time again. But yet I come back to Jesus and a desire to know him and to pursue him and to live my life for him as poorly as I do it versus arriving at a point of going, yeah, I'm not going to do this. So I don't know if that is totally a, an adequate response to what you were saying with six, seven, and eight, but that's what it um, spurred mm-hmm. in my mind as you were talking about that. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think there is a need for a um, recalibration. Um, for me, when it comes to what I focus on, why I focus on it, you know, like when you're young, I mean, you know this, like when you're young, everything is just so yeah, like immediate and fast <laughs> and you're not thinking long term and you're just going for whatever the next thing is. And life is fast paced and exciting and, oh, you know, and now I'm at the stage in my life now that, you know. I'm in my thirties. I have a child, you know, things are starting to slow down or, and, or my perspective is starting to shift a little bit more towards the, what's life going to be like when I'm 40 and 50 Mm -hmm. and 60 or, you know, however long I live. Um, it's starting to shift towards that. I'm not there yet, but the transition has begun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just like, you realize like, I remember when I was young, 31 was ancient. <laughs> and now I'm like 31 and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> I work at a coffee shop. Yeah. Which is not a bad gig. Like I say that a lot and I feel like people think I'm ratting on it, but it's like, it's just not where I thought I would be. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, you just have that moment of just like, how did I get here? What am I doing? And why, why has what's become normal in my life become normal? Mm -hmm. You know, is it, what, what about that has been due to a lack of action and what of that has been because of my actions? Mm -hmm. Cause you can't just look at what you've done. You've also got to look at what you've not done. Right. Yep. There, there are sins of omission and sins of commission, right. Mm -hmm. And there are successes of commission and omission. Um, So you've got to look at it balanced. Like what, what have I done that's caused me to, be where I'm at and what have I not done that's causing me to be where I'm at. And I just, I don't know. I've just spent a lot of time recently just trying to reflect on that. And so like this passage is like totally kicking my butt <laughs> right now. Um, it's just like, man, you think you're like going to grow up and life's going to get easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That might be my best joke so far <laughs> out yeah. of all 111 episodes. Well, it- and again, because it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you do. It's like. No. And it's just like, it just compounds. And. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just kind of at a point right now, personally, where I'm just like. What gives, you know? Like, I'm here because of, you know, the actions I've taken and not taken. But I'm not where I want to be in many facets of what that phrase can mean and you know, what do I need to do and what do I need to stop doing that is going to get me to a place where I am closer to God. I am more like Jesus. I am happier because of that. Not because my circumstances have necessarily changed. I sure would love them to for the positive, of course, not for the negative, but you know, I just keep like, I just keep searching for like what what next is going to make me happy a new camera lens a better paying job another baby like like, god no (laughs) i mean i'd love another baby and i'm sure one will come around eventually but none of that stuff is going to satisfy Mm -mm. because that's just not what like no is made to satisfy us yep you know and how i 
want to go off like 17 tangents here and get on my soapbox, but I'm not going to do it because it's time to end the episode. But like, I'm just, I'm in that, like, um, what's the right word? Like the mixing bowl of life right now. Everything is just like, you know, getting slammed against the wall and just trying to figure out where you're at. And the second you try and figure it out, you're somewhere else. And just, there's just so many moving parts in you're at that point in life where you're just trying to figure out where you fit and what your glitches are and how are you screwing your kid up? And, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, it's really frustrating. You don't feel like you have any time to take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. which is a total excuse. And, you know, if I wasn't doing 95 things that weren't important, I would have time. Um, But I don't know. I'm just, I'm just at a weird spot, you know, I can't even like articulate it because that made no sense. Well, and I think it even kind of goes a little bit what you were referring to of, I I just, I don't know that that ever goes away. I don't know that it ever really changes because here's the other thing that like I've been experiencing lately is, um, you know, being in law enforcement, we can retire relatively young compared to other jobs in terms of you retire at 50 or 55 and, um, I just have a number of friends right now who have retired who are now dealing with health issues, cancer being the primary one. And it's just been very interesting to kind of just go, you know, all these guys that I've known uh, for many years of just living for retirement, like oh, retirement is the answer. And when I can get to that point, I can finally live my life. And Many of them, and I, I don't use that term loosely, many of them are spending their retirement years getting chemotherapy, having surgeries, dealing with uh, just, again, Jeez. more yeah. more of that kind of stuff. So I don't <laughs> I feel like we're being such a, bringing such a downer, but not so much about this life, but about eternity. So, Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Are we man. at the end or? Yeah. No, this might have to be part one, part two. Well, it'll just be episode 111 and 112. <laughs> yeah, that's it for this episode, I think. Um, I'm going to go cry. Uh, not really. I have to drive. It's not a good combo. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening as always. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> we still think it's crazy that people listen. Uh, we're happy about it. And we think it's really cool, but it just makes me chuckle every once in a while. Like, oh, look, strangers listen. Say hi. Why not? On Twitter. Just be like, hi, Cam. Hi, Dave. I guarantee it'll make my week. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, And then you can get the show notes. uh, Well, if you're listening on your phone, they're right there. Um, And if you want to uh, contact us, that information's in the show notes. And if you want to check out our Patreon page, you can do that. That's in the show notes too. This is a really weak ending. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I just don't want to say goodbye. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye.